the Greenfield Post on Triple M. Are we live? With Will and MJ. They're awake and they're on fire. Good evening, everyone. I'm here with MJ. And could Australia get any worse at cricket, MJ? I remember sitting here at exactly this time last week yep. and saying that the Australian cricket team couldn't get any more disappointing. Yep. But after yesterday's collapse, that was some of the most putrid cricket, yep. heartless cricket I've ever seen. But guess what? What? Hobart to the rescue. They Hobart did come. Are you talking weather-wise? I'm talking weather-wise. We could be on our way to a draw here. Today was our best day of the series. Top scorer, H. Bart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, we, yeah, we could uh, really be on our way to a, our best performance of the summer. So hopefully more rain on the way tomorrow. Yeah, the, I, have, the I less, haven't checked the forecast, but uh, fingers crossed. Less cricket, the better, as yep. far as I'm concerned. But what I want more of is UFC. Oh, what a great card that was today. How good was Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor, of course, winning, winning the title this afternoon. You've got your hands on some exclusive UFC-related audio. Yeah, I just mentioned that to you before. I've got some very exclusive audio. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Can you give us a clue about what it is? It's, um, it's from a pub inside Melbourne that no one else would have been recording. <laughs> Doesn't that sound exciting? It does sound exciting. It's more ex- it sounds more exciting than it is. Well, I am sort of looking forward to hearing it. That's yeah. coming up next on the Greenfield Post on Triple M. <laughs> History was made today in the UFC with Conor McGregor becoming the first fighter ever to hold two belts in two different weight classes after knocking out Eddie Alvarez yep. in the second round. And you and I both had a front row seat to just how big UFC's become. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh, look, Conor McGregor, this man is single-handedly blown this uh, this sport into the mainstream audience and like t- testament to the fact is the fact that you and I who were not interested in this you know two or three years ago we independently were at separate pubs among massive the groups of people the, the hype is just incredible I can't believe how, how big this thing's become it's a, and I don't know when it started maybe two years ago maybe three years ago that UFC started to move into that mainstream but it is yeah. now well and above boxing or any other oh, combat sport I can think of. And it's the, left boxing for dead, surely. The, the amount of people who are at the pub today watching it and yeah. seriously getting behind it. I mean, the, I was at a pub in Richmond here in Melbourne mm. and the atmosphere was absolutely mental. Yeah, it's sort of, yeah, there's a lot of uh, casual supporters going on. I, I, um, absolutely I, there is. I was down at uh, mm. Bridie O'Reilly's, the, yeah. the Irish pub on well, Chapel a, Street. the perfect place to watch it with Conor McGregor being... Yeah. An Irishman. I didn't quite realise that until I got there. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a bit of an Irish yeah. theme going on here. Yeah. Um, and I captured some audio just to give you an insight into just the buzz around this place. People were so into it. So people who may have watched it at home or didn't watch it all today, yeah. this is the biggest thing in the world at the minute, UFC. Yeah, 100%. So this is the crowd before Conor McGregor walked out, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That was just recorded at a pub here in Melbourne yep. this afternoon. There was a lot of chanting going on. I don't know if they know what quite to say. There was yeah. a lot of just inaudible, just screams and grunts and let's go Connor sort of set up in a bit of ole ole ole, which is just is just a general sports chant. Yeah, especially <laughs> for Europeans involved. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know how educated the audience is, but they certainly get behind it. Get into it. It's hard not to get into the atmosphere when you're watching. Oh, for sure. I was... 100% behind him. Now, you've got some more audio here. This is Connor as he was walking out. Is that right? No, this is mid-fight now. Mid-fight? This, this is very passionate. This All is right. right in the climax of the fight. Oh. Shit! 
sounds like pain. So what sounds like? Sounds like waterboarding or something. You, that was, you recorded that during the McGregor that fight. Was this fight. Yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. And catch this is the end of the fight when uh, Connor had just knocked out Alvarez. Yeah. Was that you? No, that was, oh, I don't know who that was. Be a bit of cutlery damage down there at Brighty O'Reilly. The poor bar staff having yeah. to clean up that mess. But yeah, no, I, I, I was just blown away by uh, the support that this sport and this man is getting. And when you when you do hear him speak after the fight, you realise how much of a cult yeah. figure he's become because he's just he's way out there. It makes complete sense. He, he's a genius behind the mic. He started his post-match interview sort of what would have been a minute or two after the fight finished with yeah. the, the head of the UFC, Dana White. Yeah. Uh, and just was spent the whole time complaining and asking where his second belt was. <laughs> yeah. Where's they, my belt? Yeah, they finally got the second belt there, and then he just decided to apologise to all the opponents that he's been bagging nonstop for the past 12 months. Yeah. I've ridiculed everyone on the roster. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologise to absolutely nobody. <laughs> the double champ does what the f- he wants. <laughs> the double champ. Do you think Conor McGregor is the most famous Irish person in the world at the minute? Um, at the minute, um, yeah. He'd have more Twitter mentions than Bono. Oh, of course, Bono. Yeah. He'd, well, he'd be the most famous Irish person almost of all time. He's got to be up there, Bono. Yeah. Um, he's got the edge on the edge. Although I think Conor would have to be slid in above the edge now, I reckon. Yeah, he's above the edge. Yeah. Um, those two rowers, uh, remember the silver medalists at Rio? The, the Oh, the, the brothers that no one could understand. Yeah, the funny interview. Yeah, I remember um, them. Uh, I'm reaching for Irish people. Who else? Uh, Colin Farrell. Um, yeah. I'm out. I'm out too. Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> is she Irish? She, she sounds Irish. <laughs> this I've, is a... I haven't thought of Sinead O'Connor in years. <laughs> no, 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 neither has anyone else. <laughs> Nothing compares to her. <laughs> this is the Greenfield Post on Triple M. MJ, the cricket was washed out today. It was. You beauty. It, how good was it? We can't collapse in the rain, can we? <laughs> That's right. The test it can go to three days now. Thanks, Hobart. It was awesome. It was brilliant. And Channel 9 played a game from, I think it was 1994. Yeah, Australia versus South Africa. Warney took 12 wickets. <laughs> Everything was going out. We were way. actually in the match. Yep. McGrath, Slater, Boone. If nothing's going right, let's just flash back 20 years. And... Oh, and it was be- the commentary team, Richie, Bill, yep. Tony. Unreal. They were all there. I enjoyed it much more than what I would have if they were playing live yeah. cricket down in Dobart. It's nice living in the past. I found that game really entertaining, actually. Did you notice how like, mm. it was back in the era where the boundary was the fence? I loved it back then. What a health and safety hazard that was. Just people slide to to save a boundary, you had to slide into the fence. Yeah. Players yeah, had yeah. like worked out an art to it. You you place place your foot there and you'd slide in and kick off just but in time. I, I don't think the boundary work and the fielding work was as is what it is today. No. I don't think I don't think much sort of emphasis got put on Warney having to chase a ball to the boundary. No, I definitely don't. <laughs> or think David so. Boone having to run down past White off. Yeah. You know? The uh the outfield was in much worse nick as well, I noticed. <laughs> Why well, was like it? Divots out there. Oh, I didn't notice that. That was the. I think it was at the SCG, this it game was, we're talking yeah. about. How about the more talking points from a game that happened uh, 20 years ago? I'd <laughs> <laughs> rather discuss the 90s. Oh, did you watch the, any of the game yesterday morning as the collapse I happened? I caught every ball. It's. I'm just so disillusioned with this team. I don't know where, the, where to point the finger even. It's just if, if all of them collapse at once... You, you, can't, blame? you can't blame anyone. Yeah, Steve sh- Smith seemed to try hard, I guess. 48 not out. I feel for the, the, the debutants coming to the team, like you can't blame, blame them. Yeah. Obviously, Warner was probably the villain from yesterday. That shot he tr- pl- oh. tried to play, like what was he thinking? That ball wasn't even heading towards the wicketkeeper. It was heading 
towards yeah. first or second slip. Just had a slash. Absolutely. I should give you a quick score update. South mm. Africa are five for 171. Lead by 86 with five wickets in hand. Of course, we're all out for 85 as we head into day three tomorrow. Hopefully the rain holds on. Hopefully the rain holds on. Oh, oh yeah. No. <laughs> I want more rain. I've gone against our original yeah. point. If they play more games from the 90s, yep. hopefully something a bit later in the era where we can see a bit of Hados and Langer coming yeah, yeah, in yeah. and it's much better than watching a bit of Hados against Bangladesh. Did you see Michael Clark before the game yesterday? Uh, when the just before the toss happened, no, and he was talking, running us through the pitch and what condition it was in. Did they bring out the the heat map again? Uh, yeah, the the pitch scanner, the pitch, scanner the pitch scan technology with, with the humidity, or the... and they compared it to what the Wacker was, Ooh. and it turns out that Wacker was a dry pitch and Hobart was quite a green pitch. So, did that, did that have anything to do with the rain that was forecast over the yeah. <laughs> over the week? Don't question pitch scan technology; it's very important. Oh, question it. Well, Michael Clark was trying to explain a bit of pitch scan, trying to explain to us if he'd bat or bowl. Yeah. So this is what he said. It's a tough one, Mark, to be honest. I think I'd like to lose the toss. I think with the sun just trying to sneak through, I would bat first, but I would understand if both captains decided to bowl. I'd like to lose the toss. I'd like to lose it. I would not like the option. You'd rather not have the option that... <laughs> Come on, Clarky. What a breed of Australian captain we've yeah. got. <laughs> That's our former captain. Yeah, I'd, I'd like, like to, to lose the time. <laughs> Steve Smith and was no chance learning of him. Gee, and batting first was an absolute genius call. That. Yeah. Imagine Ricky Fonting going, oh, I'd like to lose this toss. Or, you know. I hope everyone just has a fun game of cricket. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and what about the OLED TV commercials? Are you across those? Of course I'm across it's, them. It's Meme City on the Greenfield Post at the minute, oh, Facebook just, page. It is just, I, I swear it was a targeted meme campaign. I think they were trying to make a viral hit out of their ad because it's that dumb. Like just the way he's sitting cross-legged on his couch. Yeah. It's weird camera angles. He says weird stuff like, I'm looking forward to watching cartoons. Cartoons? It it can't have been a serious ad, can it? I don't. I'm fascinated by it. And it's going to run over the whole summer. They always do. Well, we'll learn if it was deliberately made as like a meme social media ad or if it was just done accidentally. My gut feeling is they knew what they were doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're not idiots. We're on to you. Marketers. LG. <laughs> Shitting on my TV. couch. The blacks are black, though. To the bla- be oh, don't get me wrong. Defense. Have you seen how white the whites are? We shouldn't criticise the OLED. No. That's the real victim here. <laughs> it's a wonderful TV. I'm getting one. <laughs> Will, some people say that the greatest footy story of this year is the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, they uh, came from nowhere in a, in a great final series and won their first flag in decades. I disagree. Oh, really? I think the best footy story of the year... Comes out of a Victorian uh, league, yep. uh, where the Nunawading Lions, yep. at the start of the year in January, had one player on their list. Yep. One player rocked up to training. By March, it looked like the club was going to fold. Yep. They managed to pull together a team of people, not necessarily footballers, yeah. <laughs> to play. That's inspiring. Now, it's fair to say it wasn't the best season for the Nunawading Lions. No, I've just got their stats up now. It wasn't the best. But we like to focus on the positives yeah. here at the Greenfield Post. Of course. Can you just give us their best game? Sure. That would be round 10 against Coldstream, 204 to 30. That was a really positive... How many points is that? 174 point loss. That's their best game? Comfortably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then what's the worst game? Are you sure you want it? Yeah, go on. I thought we were focusing on positives. Keep in mind, Wayne's on the line here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wayne. It was round 11 against yeah. Ferntree Gully, 314 to zero. That's 50 goals. That is a big loss. <laughs> That's almost a goal a minute. 
Well, they were making the news through the year, and they're in the they're in the newspaper again uh, yesterday yep. in the Herald Sun. And we've got the president of the Nunawading Lions on the phone now, who has come up with one of the greatest ideas I reckon yep. that we've seen. Are you there? It's Wayne Devine from the Nunawading Lions. Hi, Wayne. Hi. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Now, can you run us through your concept? As what I think the Herald Sun put it yesterday, the worst team in the country. Yeah. Uh, well, firstly, it wasn't actually my concept. It was something that was brought to to my attention uh, as a way we could um, utilise the tag that we've been as labelled as the worst side. I don't believe we were. There were plenty of sides that got beat by more than us throughout the year, but we were just really? consistently around there. Yeah, around the country, we had teams that were beat by six hundred points or more oh, in really? games and stuff. There yeah. was, yeah. So, um, but unfortunately, we play in the second biggest league in the country and in the heart of Melbourne, so we got all the attention. Bit of spotlight. But, uh, mm. That's right. So, but the concept that was that was uh, brought up and. Um, we were a bit sceptical at first to go down this path because of the way things panned out last season. But um, being labelled the worst side, we thought, well, how can we use that positively? <laughs> and basically we thought, well, let's challenge the Bulldogs to a pre-season match <laughs> and have a, a best versus the worst, so to speak. Um, and we, we, the idea, the concept is basically that it doesn't matter who ends up being the best or the worst, but it's to actually help grassroots football and clubs yeah. that are struggling and also give the opportunity for the AFL sides and that to, to still build their communities as well at the same time. Yeah, it's gold. So you've just embraced the label rather than uh, tried to avoid it. Um, you hope that I've read that you're going to hope that this is going to become an annual event, supposedly where the country's worst team is going to play the best every year. Uh, are you concerned that they could lead to some grassroots tanking? <laughs> Uh, maybe it could do, <laughs> but uh, I mean, if, if you're getting beat by that much point, it's probably no point us tanking really at that most of the time. Uh, so yeah, but it, it'll be an interesting concept, I think. Um, have you talked about positions yet? Who's going to line up on Lukey Dowhouse or Marcus Bontempelli? We thought we'd throw five at each of them um, to start with <laughs> and see how it panned out from there. Uh, no, the, the concept we we have is we're hoping that actually some of the the um, the past players. Uh, from um, the Western Bulldogs might get involved uh, and come out as well. and it's, it's more or less just trying to have a fun game where, you know, we can throw a few of our boys and they can say, well, we've got to play against uh, some of these, uh, you know, great footballers that just won a premiership. We, we, I, I spoke to the, the Western Bulldogs and let them know what we You've were You've spoken to the Bulldogs? Yeah, I made contact with them and spoke to some of the people there and their initial thoughts were, okay, well, we're not sure how that would, would go, obviously. They've got a lot to work through. Um, <laughs> So, and, you know, for us, it's pretty simple. We've only got, yeah. you know, a committee of five. They've got a whole bunch of people they've got to get on yeah. board with all these things. Yeah. But, uh, and we do tell them we're going to, you know, we're going to do the story and we'd like to challenge them and just, you know, <laughs> our club is growing amazingly at the moment. We're, we're, we've got this two full sides from last year pretty much coming back. Past players are joining us. We're even looking at getting a third team into the amateur competition. Uh, we're starting to build. Auskick is coming on as well. We just organised that uh, as well. So, it's just a powerhouse. It's, it's all happening at Nunawati. <laughs> Who would have thought losing 350 nil was going to lead yeah. to... <laughs> the Collingwood of the EFL. Such, a, such <laughs> a positive story. Well, I've seen some videos of Tom Libertore during the off-season, so I'm tipping some of your fouls might be in better nick than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, well, we, we started pre-season just this week too, so hopefully we can uh, get some sort of fitness base before the, the big game gets, gets put on. And you're still having... Can players still come down and join up, Wayne? They can, yeah. So we're always open for players. We're looking to, to get an under-eight side up as well this year. So if anyone, little ones, are interested in getting down, we're, we're all more than happy to have them. Oh, it's all happening down at Nunawading. It is. It's a great idea, Wayne. I hope it gets off the ground. I know that the Bulldogs, I, it's, they'll put it in front of the president this week, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, start to get the ball rolling. We'll come down. We'll broadcast oh, from there. Definitely. It's going to be our priority in the off-season, I think.
Yeah, so hopefully we can get some traction and get it running. That that for us would be a, an amazing win, and hopefully it's something that we can organise for the future for anyone who's struggling to build their communities and and keep football alive at grassroots. Oh, what a great result! Yeah. This is awesome. Well, we saw, yeah, like like uh, MJ said, we saw Libba having a run over in Vietnam. So I think uh, he might put his hand up for. Yeah. He doesn't mind little small games yeah. here and there. And Who would have <laughs> thought that such positivity would come out of a four hundred and fifty point <laughs> loss? <laughs> So, well, we have to be positive. It's the only way for us to go up. So. Awesome, Wayne. That's Wayne DeVee, the president Wayne. of the Nunawading Lions Football Club, and they're all set for a massive 2017 by the sound of it. Thanks, guys. That was Wayne DeVee, president of the Nunawading Lions. And MJ, the Bulldogs have been throwing the gauntlet. Yeah. Do you reckon it's going to happen? No chance. <laughs> No, hopefully it does. No, hopefully it does. Hopefully, no, I'm, I hope I'm it all does for it. Well. I think it should happen. It's good for the community. Get the players down there. Yeah, get some old players to be a back. Game. Yeah, no, I, I'm really yeah. want to happen. I think the senior list might have some more important things going on. <laughs> they might I'm playing Nunna Warding. No, it's a great idea by Nunna Warding. We love it. It's raising the profile. Get down to Nunna Warding if you want to play, or you know, even if you don't play, just get down there. Just support the boys. <laughs> Up the lines. Well, it's time for one of my favourite segments. Oh, my favourite segment. It really? Yeah. Oh, out of all of them, I think it's our only. <laughs> it's our only, only segment. Not much of a choice. Yeah, it's where we get Rudy from the Greenfield Post newsroom. Yep. into the studio to break some news. Yep. or let us know what's happening. Uh, he's he's got his ear on the ground more than anyone else in mm. this city, especially when it comes to sport. Does he? Just love to snip out a story, <laughs> lads. <Yeah. laughs> Hang on, Rudy. Don't speak. We've got an intro for you. How do you like that? Do you like it? I, I feel so honoured to yeah. finally have my so, own intro. Yeah. So professional. I've only been on a couple of times. We had yeah. to record that off a phone because yeah. there's, there's not many people around here at Triple M at this time. You so. can't you can't tell. It's, it's, it no. sounds very legit. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to try that hard. But, but the production values will go up next time. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got for us, Rudy? Well, as you guys know, uh, Joe Watson handed back his Brownlow medal yes. this week, mm. finally after that long drawn-out process. Yep. Mm. The 2012 then, Brownlow, voluntarily... Handed that back. That's right. And there's been a lot of conjecture about what will happen to it next. Now, mm. the the two players that came runner-up that year were Trent Cochin and Sam Mitchell. Mm. They did. Now, Trent Cochin, they, they decided, the AFL's decided that based on his following output that they can't really threaten the integrity of the medal by giving it to him. Mm-hmm. They said he's not a good enough player. They'd, the direct quote was, we don't want another Woe Woden on our hands here. <laughs> Which, you know, fair <laughs> enough. And this, is, this, is this a source from the AFL you've been speaking to? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, who, who is your source? Do you... Mm. I'm a, I'm a you can't reveal that. So I won't my sources. Just disrespecting our yeah. newsroom. That's right. And uh, Sam Mitchell, I just said, well, basically, I said, we just don't really want him to have one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> and so they've decided to go down uh, the, the real 2016 route and, and hand it on to Bob Murphy now. <laughs> <laughs> he got uh, yeah. four votes that year and he finished equal 88. <laughs> In the count. Yeah, good decision by the AFL. Yeah, I, I think, think that'd it's be a touching. reasonable decision. Everyone yeah. loves a bit of Bob, don't they? Oh, absolutely. I'm, become... sure he'll, I'm sure he'll roll up in the one jacket he seems to own, the denim jacket with the, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the furry collar. The furry collar. That's yeah. it. And he'll, uh, he'll well, roll in looking like he's come straight from the, the dance floor at the. the but that's, <laughs> at it's the, it's unusual because it's not like the AFL to go with the popular option. <laughs> no, no, that's right. It's not like the AFL to just make up stuff as they go along either. No, no not at all. Very well, strange. So is there going to be a ceremony or anything like that or? Uh, I think they're just going to hand it to him, uh, you know, in the front bar of the Rose Hotel in Fitzroy. <laughs> yeah, that's on his home ground. Yeah. Gee, your sources are quality. <laughs> they know everything. Rudy once won the meat tray at the Rose Hotel. <laughs> that's right. It's I a, thought it was an odd choice. Yeah, that's what... The Rose Hotel Fitzroy is a Greenfield Post tradition. <laughs> is it? Yeah, right, well, well, we'll have to be down there for the ceremony because we'll get behind that. I mean, Bob really deserves that. Well, four votes in 
Four votes in 2012. Yeah, good decision. 2016, it's got to be the most decorated three-game season of all time, I think. (laughs) Jock McCall medal and Noah Brownlow for Bob Murphy. Killing it. It's great news. Congratulations to Bob. Congrats, Bob. And again, your sources are holding up 100% there, Rudy. Cheers, Rudy. The Greenfield Post on Triple M. MJ, it's our last show of the year. Last show of the year. Yep. Unfortunately, I'm going away to Europe this week. It's your fault. So the show can't keep going for the next uh, three weeks. But yep. we could come back in December for a Christmas spectacular or something well, yep. along Ev- those lines. Everyone's been demanding a Christmas spectacular. So <laughs> give the people what they <laughs> at want. The, right at this moment, I've no idea what that would involve. But <laughs> it could happen. Who knows? I don't know if anyone will listen. I don't, I don't know think if anyone, anyone cares. Would, but no, I don't think anyone does. Oh, well. But because it is our last show, I wanted to try something a little bit different. Okay. I wanted to finish on a sort of an inspiring note. Yeah. To leave everyone sort of looking forward to the, you know, the 2017 and we'll be back here then. Sure. Ready to roll. So I, I've been helping Mark Howard, who hosts the Dead Set Legends here at Triple M. Yeah, Howie. Uh, and good he has, man. has a podcast called The Howie Games Out. Yeah. Uh, now, in a couple of weeks on The Howie Games, Lane Beachley is going to be on. The seven-time world surf champion. Yep. And I was listening to it during the week. It's out officially on his podcast, I think, on the 1st of December. Oh, so we're playing this before... Before it's out there. Bit uh, not embargoed. Yeah, he said, He said no, he said, go, feel free to play it. <laughs> Gave his blessing. He did, because I said, Jeez, this Howie. is an inspiring bit that I wanted to play. Yep. Um, it inspired me. I think it might inspire you as well. All right, let's hear it. One of the things that you must do to sustain success is celebrate success. Which you and weren't doing. I don't remember my second world title. I don't remember winning it because I didn't celebrate it. You're already under your. I was already on my third. third. Yeah. So, well, but after I won my first one, I celebrated it. I anchored it, and when you anchor it, it stimulates adrenaline and and a you know a hormone response that actually fills you full of happiness and joy. And you're like, oh, I like feeling this way. Then that enables you to maintain your motivation towards putting in the work and the effort and going through the ebbs and flows of success and failure to achieve your ultimate dreams. One, tick, got it. Two, tick, got it. Three, tick, got it. After the third one, I went, hey, this is pretty remarkable. I need to start celebrating. And I started having parties. What was that? <laughs> I was inspiring. But none of us have won seven world surfing titles. Who does that apply to? Just anything in life. Celebrating success. If you if you cel- just keep celebrating. <laughs> You've got to be successful idea. first, don't you? <laughs> I think, yeah, maybe. You haven't won a thing in your life. <laughs> You're just having more beers than usual. <laughs> Is that you heading the advice? <laughs> oh, I'm following in Lane's footsteps. footsteps yeah. He's going to crush some VBs this week. <laughs> This is the Greenfield Post on Triple M. I'm inspired by that. Cheers, Lane. Thanks, Lane. For- <laughs> Here's to Lane. <laughs> MJ, we're done for 2016. That's us for 2016. I'm heading to Europe this week, which yep. is why we've had to finish up a little bit early. You're but shipping off. The good news is we'll be back in 2017 with the Greenfield Post on Triple M, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah, can we, we can announce it? I think so. Well, we've done it now. We've done it now. <laughs> I thought our managers were still talking. Oh, there's pen to paper. Oh, you know, that's all right. Yeah, the the deals doors. will get done. We'll be back. Yeah. We'll be back. And can I just quickly thank Mark Howard, who gave us that exclusive clip of Lane Beachley we just played. Yep. Um, that's from the Howie Games podcast. Cheers, Howie. Um, that Lane Beachley episode will come out in about three weeks. Yeah, so but we got th- first play. But in between now and then, there's a big Australian golfer that's going on the oh, Howie yeah. Games. Like of the, of the Greg Norman ilk, sort of. Yep, of that ilk. Is it? Oh, yeah. it's hit him, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I've spoiled it. <laughs> well, well, Should I not have said that? Well, it's top secret, but that's all right. <laughs> Sorry, that's Howie. all right. Well, get excited. Howie's in Africa, so thank God. For oh, that. good. He's not listening. He won't know. But that is something to look out for on the Howie Games. And while you're on iTunes, download our podcast if you missed tonight's episode or Please any of the previous episodes. Just search for the Greenfield Post on iTunes.
You can also catch us on Facebook, the Greenfield Post, the Facebook page. And thanks to everyone who's listened in 2016. And we'll be back, MJ. 50,000 followers on the Greenfield Post That's Facebook right. page at the minute. Well, hopefully they all tune in. Going off. Yep. Thanks very much for this year. And we'll be back, as we said, 2017. Cheers, MJ. See you then. Thanks, everyone. The Greenfield Post on Triple M.